Welcome to Success Hackers, Cracking the Entrepreneurial Code, the podcast that's focused on empowering entrepreneurs to find the edge and take their business to a whole nother level. We're peeking behind the curtain to learn entrepreneurial shortcuts and success strategies from the most successful entrepreneurs on the planet. Get ready for mind-blowing entrepreneurial tips with your host, high-performance business coach, keynote speaker, and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of Success Hackers. This is Scott Hansen, high-performance business strategist, best-selling author, speaker, and of course, podcast host right here on Success Hackers. It's on Success Hackers that we're all about empowering you our business owner and entrepreneur to help you take your business to entirely new heights. People ask Scott, how do you do that? Pretty simple. We interview some of the most successful and talented entrepreneurs on the planet, and then we pick their brain, we get behind the curtain and find out from them what's working in their business and in their life, and then they share some success strategies and hacks with us. If you haven't yet listened to the last episode, make sure to go back and listen because we had Hall of Fame speaker and Hall of Fame marketer, Mr. Scott McCain, on the program. And I'm telling you what, if you want your company to stand out and be distinctive in a huge way, make sure to go back and listen to my interview with Mr. Scott McCain. Oh, also, newsflash, we are now also listened to by iHeartRadio listeners, 1.3 million listeners a day. So in addition to being on Stitcher and iCloud and iTunes, which you guys might be listening from, we are also picked up by iHeartRadio, which means I cannot thank you guys enough. It's because of you, our loyal Hacker Nation listeners. You guys subscribe to the show. You listen to the show. I see you guys sharing the word about Success Hackers on social media. It's because of you. We got picked up by the second largest radio conglomerate in the world. So not only are we on those on those platforms that I mentioned earlier, we're also listened to by actual people. We're actually listened to on actual radio stations, which is pretty cool all over the country and the world, too. So thank you guys so much. We could not do this without you. Today's Success Hackers episode is brought to you by IWantMoreLeads.net. IWantMoreLeads.net. If you're looking to grow your leads for your business, make sure to check out the free video on how to generate all the leads your business can handle and the three biggest mistakes most business owners make when generating leads. Just go to IWantMoreLeads.net. Hacker Nation, let's get down to business. We're about to chat with someone who's had a ton of success in the financial services industry and is an overall great guy with a lot of passion for what he does. Today, our featured guest is Mr. John Lame. John, are you ready to rock? I am ready to rock, Scott. All right. Founder and CEO of Lennox Wealth Management, John established and continues to oversee the investment advisory's firm Innovative relationship-based, fee-only business model that since 2004 has helped serve a vast and ever-growing clientele of individuals and couples, many from the P&G, Scripps, GE, and Kroger communities. John leads a team of proven professionals with outstanding expertise who share his understanding that life and wealth drive one another and who see their role as providing the visionary guidance that moves clients to a completely different mindset and expanded perspective, a needed shift for attaining the broader opportunities that mean living one's best life in today's economy. John, welcome to Success Hackers, man. It's great to have you on the show. 
Scott, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So, John, I gave our Hacker Nation listeners a little information about you and the business, but would love for you to share a little bit more. Okay. So uh, my background is um, I worked at Procter & Gamble for a while, about 12 years in finance, uh, ended up leaving uh, because I could never resolve the career conflict of whether to be in finance, HR, or sales, and ended up going to Merrill Lynch as a financial advisor, uh, eventually made my way over to UBS as a senior vice president, and then just got convinced that the business model just wasn't good enough and uh, decided to leave and uh, start my own firm. Hmm. So how long ago was that? That was about 14 years ago. So 14 years in, obviously you've had a ton of success because you're still around and you're here on the podcast and you're growing. <laughs> but let, let's get down into that because I want to talk about the financial services industry, obviously your industry. We talk a lot on the show about marketing, about sales conversion, having a high-performance mindset, all the things that are really necessary when growing and building a business. From a marketing and lead gen standpoint, how do you grow your business? And take us through the ways in which you're able to grow your business through marketing. Okay. So, um, Scott, our, our business is a business that is very much word of mouth driven. Scott. Yeah, there you are. I'm so sorry. A call came in. Oh, okay, okay. No worries. Um, so where just we, uh, start, where do you from the, go? start from the beginning. So when I asked um, about marketing and then you started to allude to uh, word of mouth, just start from the beginning. Okay. Okay. Um, so it's very much a word of mouth business and uh, Referral Engine is a book that we've used as our Bible. And it basically lays out really simple ways for you to educate your clients on how they can most easily refer you. And because many of our clients know uh, who our target market is and what kind of prospects fit, they tend to make really, really good referrals to Lennox. And so that's helped us grow a lot. So let's take let's take you down that path and let's let's actually peek behind the curtain and uh, peel that back. So take us through that book, obviously not the whole book, but what's one piece of advice that you've gotten from that book that resonates with your business on how, like an actual strategy. So if there's someone listening right now, whether they're in the financial services industry or in any industry, and they're looking for referrals, what's one strategy? Um, by far, the one that's helped us the most is providing little stories about how we've helped clients over the years and make it really easy for a client to call us and say, hey, I've got this guy, you know, and let's say that his mom needs Medicaid planning. What can you do to help? And so these little stories of what we've done in the past um, uh, that we make really easy for the uh, client to refer us to a prospect, kind of lay out how we've added value and why we might be able to help that particular prospect at this point in time. Hmm. So we just try to give the clients really easy tools to make very specific targets. So if I heard you correctly, yeah, so if I heard you correctly, it's, well, we've been in business now for 14 years. We're very good at what we do, but we talk about, um, so if you're not going to work on the referral system, which I know a lot of people do and 
it's a great methodology. But have you guys done any other marketing outside of just referrals? And if so, um, share with us uh, a little bit of, about that. Scott, I wish I had a more exciting story to <laughs> share with you on this one. You know, um, what I would say to you is we just relaunched our website and company branding. So we're out there under a new branding called Fund a Life You Love. Hmm. And what we're trying to do is to basically take the basics of financial planning and wealth management and wealth creation and to turn it around so that in any 90-day period of time, a client's really helping us define what's fun to life that they love mean to them and how can we make meaningful steps to assist them to get there. Hmm. So then how do you generate traffic to that site? Have you figured that out yet? <laughs> <laughs> we, we are very early in yeah. launching the site, and so I probably should be calling you back and yeah. saying, okay, tell me how to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's obviously an opportunity for us today. Yeah, and a lot of, and the reason why I ask these questions, because I know that there's people in your industry and frankly other industries that are listening right now, whether they're on a treadmill, whether they're in their car, wherever they're at, saying, man, I, I'm in the same boat. You know, I've had a, had a great run, but now I'm looking to expand the brand or uh, attract new ways and new clients outside of just the referral program. Um, and we always talk about in my coaching, as you know, John, I do some coaching, uh, some high performance coaching and strategic coaching around marketing and sales conversion. And one of the things we always talk to my clients about is you have to have a market dominating position. All that simply means is Domino's came out with in 30 minutes or less, we'll deliver your pizza for free. And so how do you stand out from every other financial services company or every other company out there to do that? And then once you do that and you really get crystal clear on what that is and how do you separate yourself, then people say, well, man, how do you do that? Let me get your business card. Let's take a coffee because if you can do that, then you can definitely help me. It's, it's what we call in the marketing space touching the hot points of what people are and who your target market is. And once you can touch their hot points, what really makes a difference to them, not how great you guys are, but how amazing you are at solving their problems, then to your point earlier, the, the referrals just flock and people just want to know more about it. So when you, uh, what do you think are some of the areas in your business that has boded well for your company? I think you just alluded to a little bit about that. And then maybe what's one thing you guys can improve upon, you think? So we have a concept here uh, at Lennox called Own the Transitions. Um, we have a model where we try to understand the major transitions that a corporate executive client may go through, and we've got those um, clearly identified, and then we try to have unique processes that add a ton of value for them them when they hit those different transition points. Uh, so a great example might be uh, that the executive is working uh, here. Uh, they're well compensated. They have restricted stock. They have stock options. They might have a profit sharing plan. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, an offer comes in from another potential employer saying, we would love to hire you. What we do is we basically walk them through a process to really identify Financially, uh, where are they today? Uh, what happens if they just stay where they are? And then how do we think about this new offer that's being placed on the table? And are we really trying to make a financial decision or are there other things that we're trying to consider as part of the career change? Hmm. And so that would be one example of how we own the transition with the client. That's awesome. 
Yeah, I love that. I love taking ownership on that. So what's what's one thing you guys uh, from from the leader of the company, from the CEO and the bit and the, and the founder? What's one thing you guys think you can work on, maybe to improve it? Um, Scott, I'm going to do two things here. I'm going to talk about um, one thing that we've innovated um, in that last process that I think the audience might find interesting. Yeah. Um, one of the things that's really hard when you're changing employers is you're trying to negotiate the best deal you can with the new employer. And that's difficult to do because you may strain some relationships that are important for you down the road. So one of the things that we do is to give the employee a opinion letter that they can take to the HR department of the new company and say, this is what my financial advisor is telling me what my current compensation package is worth. And it really takes the heat off the employee mm-hmm. and puts the heat on the process and the valuation method. And it really provides a breakthrough for that executive trying to potentially navigate a career change. Um, in terms of things that we could do better, um, uh, I think the biggest thing that we have found over time is that we need to improve the tools that we use with clients to really help them understand where they are financially. Um, the good news for our industry is brand new technology is now rolling out that makes it possible for me to really share the modeling that we're doing and to walk the client through what are the major decisions that I'm trying to make. Are they really financial? If they are financial, how do we make it really super easy for you to understand what the impacts are going to be? And even if you're up at 2 in the morning and you're restless and you want to go model it yourself, it's now getting to a point where it's really easy for the client to step in, use the tools, and do some of that modeling on their own. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Wow, I love the innovation. Is that something you guys came up with internally, or did you model that? Or No, I think I might have talked to you about this, Scott. There's a very dynamic firm out on the West Coast called United Capital, and they're currently in the process of white labeling uh, their unique process and making it available to independent advisors. Uh, we were fortunate that they um, have decided to make us one of two firms that they're rolling this out with right now in test market. And um, it's really we're having some breakthrough results with our clients as we're exposing them to the new platform. Yeah, and Hacker Nation, man, this is such a a golden nugget from from John, and I, I really hope in that story that he just shared, the amazing story, which is John's owned the business, super successful guy for over fourteen years. You said right, John? Yep. Uh huh. And yet he's not relaxing, right? He's not staying status quo. He's actually being innovative. He's actually creating innovation within his company to say, how can we not only keep up with the times, but get in front of the, get in front of everything so that we are top of mind when someone wants to think of us as an innovative company. Even though we've been around for 14 years and the financial planning services are in a way, they're kind of, I don't, I don't want to say cookie cutter, but it's from, from an outsider looking in saying, what's the difference between you and ABC company down the road? But once someone comes into your world, into your aura, into your space, they say, man, I can't get over the innovation these guys are doing. Um, Scott, to build on that point, there's no doubt that we're an industry going through commoditization. Right. And at the same time, when you look at rates of return, that are going to be most likely over the next five to ten years, they're going to be a lot lower than we've seen in the past. 
And so um, we we have to be uh, looking at that as an opportunity to change the business model, to reconnect with our clients in a much deeper and more meaningful way. And after really identifying where our clients want to be in both a three-year and 90-day period, how do we really add significant value during those time frames? And so what might on the surface be a real threat actually can be a great opportunity to rethink the business model and serve our clients even better. I love that. I just had on a gentleman, Scott McCain, on the show. And Scott was, he's a Hall of Fame speaker. He's a Hall of Fame marketer and sales guy. And he's just super successful guy. And one of the things that he brought up was, was that for me, it was a breakthrough moment, which was when you're dealing with any kind of client or customer, usually you think, well, if I'm the the company selling my products or services to someone, to an entity, well, they're now my clients and we will dictate kind of what we say to them and how we reach out to them, et cetera. He said, and he challenged me and all the listeners at the time, and he said, I want you to be challenged on this. Why don't you look at it the other way around? He said, rather than you as the owner or of the business that's selling products to your clients, rather than you dictating the conversation, why don't you reach out to your clients and say, how would you like me to deliver the message to you? How do you want to be heard? Do you want me to email? Do you want me to touch base every three weeks? How do you like to be heard? And I know maybe for you, John, that sounded obvious, but it was almost like flipping the, flipping the script on its head to say, we are so grateful to you as a customer. We want to make sure that we are adhering to everything that you want in order to, to be the partner of choice. How do you want to be communicated to? I, I, I love the concept, and um, Scott, I probably haven't advanced this as much as other people have, but we have kind of a communication tool which um, stages a discussion with the client to exa- exactly ask them that question, which is, tell us how you want us to communicate to you. Right. Um, tell, te- tell us what your preferred method is. Is it is it you know that we basically make that phone call? Uh, is it that we email you? Um, what are the times of day that would work best for us to contact you? Um, it really, really helps us perform at a much higher level if we listen to that client and understand what their preferred communication method is. Mm-hmm. And in today's world, with all the technology that's out there, there's an awful lot of, of very high-impact ways to have that communication. Yeah, no, I love it. Let me shift gears. I want to, from, from a from a CEO, from a founder standpoint, to having all these individuals on your team and growing the business, etc. The day to day stuff that you go through. When you take a step back, what's the number one most important thing you do as a leader to guide the ship in the right direction? Well, I think so much um, of what I've learned over the years is you have to be okay being vulnerable. Um, you can't, you can't think you're perfect. Uh, you have to start with that you need a team and you need a variety of talents to deliver the best every day to you, your clientele. And I, I, I believe I was blessed years ago when I did work at Procter and Gamble that I worked in one of their newer plant sites where they worked on a model called advanced self-directed teams and we would do a lot of personality testing um let's call it strength finder colby myers-briggs really help people understand who they were individually and then begin to help them understand how they plug into a team uh begin to help them understand what the unique gifts are of their other team members 
and then how to be a great team player. And so a core part of our business model in serving our clients is to do it with advanced self-directed teams. And, um, boy, I think that's the one key learning I would pass on. Hmm. I love it. I love it because you're always you're always growing, right? I mean, you're always you're always having to innovate. You're always having to grow. You're always having to to listen to other people that are doing some great things. But most importantly, you said something so amazing, which is being vulnerable. And we had on another gentleman, Todd Brook, and young guy, but super successful. Has digital ad agency in Chicago, sixty five person team. But he said about six years ago, he things weren't going the way he wanted it to go, and he wasn't growing, and he felt kind of stuck. And he came into with his uh, into a, the boardroom with his leaders, and he said, "How many of you? There's like ten of them, or eight, I think se- actually there were seven of them. How many of you love coming to work here? Now, be honest. I'm not going to be pissed. I'm not going to be upset. This is a vulnerability moment. Nobody raised their hand. He goes, "Good, because either do I. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of disgusted of how we've been running things and how I've been showing up as the leader. And from there on out, he said, "You know what? I dropped my ego." I bought into this is truly a team environment, a team game, and I had to drop that thing called an ego, and it wasn't easy. And it's a fine line between being vulnerable, being soft, yet being a leader. But I towed that fine line, and sure enough, the company now has 60-some-odd reps. At the time, it was like 12, multi-millions of dollars in revenue, one of the top. They've been in Inc. 500, fastest-growing companies, all because that aha moment for him to be vulnerable. That's a great story. Yeah, yeah. You know, Scott, it's interesting. When you go start your own company, in a lot of cases, you have enough ego to think that you can do it better. Um, the other side of that is that you can come off as being egotistical, uh, arrogant, um, believing that you're better than everybody else. You have to get through all those or your company is not going to go anywhere. Um, the minute you have to be right every day is the minute you're going to have a terrible time finding partners and people that really want to give you their gift. And so it's just so key to have some humility, be vulnerable, and most of all, have gratitude. Really recognize the people that are around you and the gifts that they bring and to let them know that you really do care about them and you really value that gift and you're going to leverage their talent. I love that. I love that. I want to. Sh- I want to shift gears to talk about something that, believe it or not, is one of the more popular segments of the show. Yet it's also one of the most talked about, and also one of the most vulnerable areas of the show. It's called the fail forward stage. So, mm-hmm. speaking about vulnerability, can you get vulnerable with us for one minute? Yeah, sure. I believe that all high performers and successful individuals, John, look at failure a little bit differently than most people. They actually use what I call. They actually use failure as what I call feedback and course correction. Take us back to a time, John, when you failed. And I know you're going to say maybe like we had a lot of people on the show say, well, Scott, I fail all the time. And I'm sure we as entrepreneurs, we do fail all the time. We, we dust ourselves off and we keep going. But take us back to that one time when you maybe thought like you wanted to give up, but you actually used that as fuel to your success fire. So, Scott, I, I was always kind of uh... – entrepreneurial spirit even in a big company and uh, I had been in one of the divisions and come up with some breakthrough ideas on how to think differently about that business especially in terms of the economics and and the results were extraordinary so uh, the result of that was I got promoted to work in the corporate finance group and I got there and it was a complete mismatch 
when you looked at the way I was wired and what the role was and what I was going to have to become to be successful in that role, I wasn't going to get there. And, and all of a sudden I had to admit to myself that I probably was in the wrong role. Uh, I probably needed to be in a smaller company where it was okay to be more entrepreneurial and that I really needed to find other places to go innovate. Um, I think the other thing that made this particular time difficult for me, Scott, was uh, I had um, a brother who I was close to that committed suicide during that period of time. So it was like a very tough situation where on the personal side and on the business side, things were falling apart. Mm. And for the first time ever, I had to teach myself that my confidence and my ego couldn't be dependent on outside circumstances. I just really had to believe deeply in myself and my relationship with God Mm. and that I was supposed to learn from that and to find a better way. And eventually that led to me leaving Procter & Gamble, even though I love the company a lot. It was appropriate for me to leave and do something else, uh, and it really took that low point in my life to pull me through that. Wow, thanks for sharing that. Hacker Nation, I mean, talk about vulnerability. That's why I love doing what I do here on Success Hackers because we get super successful individuals and CEOs and business owners just like John to – I mean, they, he just laid it out for us, right? He was up against it saying, you know what, wow, this is probably a really high-paying job, and but at the same time, it's not feeling right in my gut. Right, the old saying is, you don't want to ever ignore your gut because that's the gut is always right. And uh, but he learned from it. So Hacker Nation, if you're in your moment right now and you're saying, I don't even see the light at the end of the tunnel, I don't know where to go next. This is your test phase. This is your moment. And just know that if you keep listening to the right podcasts or, or watching the right videos or surrounding yourself with people that are successful, guaranteed. Your breakthrough is right around the corner, but the only way you don't have a breakthrough and a transformation is if you stay stuck and if you don't get off the couch and if you don't make something happen differently. <clears throat> Scott, that's so well said. Um, it was I had to go through the pain um, to basically recognize that I, I wasn't in the right place and to decide that I wanted to make that change. And, you know, often you're down because you're in the pain, but the pain's what's required to get you to the other side. So mm. I just encourage anybody that's out there that feels that deep sense of failure, um, that they just need to understand that that's the, that's the key to finding that success somewhere down the road. I love it. I love it. All right. As you know, John, our Hacker Nation community listens to the show for actual success hacks and strategies to help grow themselves and their business. You've already given us some great nuggets already, but now we shine the success hack spotlight on you, Mr. Lame. What's one success hack that you can share that can help our Hacker Nation community of entrepreneurs who are maybe looking to grow their business? Just one hack that someone listening right now can say, if I implement that, that could take the business to the next level. Scott, I'm going to talk about a concept called fighting for your gift. Can you repeat um, that? Yeah, it's called fighting for your gift. And and what's required to get there is you have to know what your gift is. You have to know who it's for. You have to know when and how you're supposed to deliver it. And what you find is that at some point in time, you have to fight for your own gift. Um, by that, I mean you have to define who you are and you have to start to make some choices 
that can be life changing. And the the thing that comes to mind is in the movie Field of Dreams, everybody remembers the guy that wanted to be the ball player, but he stepped across that line to become that doctor, mm. and that was his defining moment. And I think for so many people, oh, it's back to you know what's my gift, who's it for, how when do I deliver it. And how do I basically have that fight with myself first and then with others to become that person? Hmm. Wow, that's profound. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. I could not agree with you more. And unfortunately, some people never find it. Some people find it when they're 20 years old. And, you know, I was jealous of those people. And it took me a long time to find that gift that you talk about. And, and man, Hacker Nation, if you're going through that moment like John mentioned and you're maybe in something that you don't feel called to do, uh, I don't think either one of us are saying, you know, jump ship tomorrow and not have a plan. But but there's something that's pretty profound, and I was just reading this in a book, and this is kind of scary yet eye-opening. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give everybody a, uh, a little homework, and it's pretty simple. It takes about five seconds. We are all going to live roughly, they say, Till about 80 years old, give or take. But that's the that's the average today. Maybe that'll 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 increase over the next 20 years. But in 2016, we're talking about 80 years old. So if that number stays stays consistent, if you want to know how many days you have left on this earth, take your take that number 80 minus your age. So 80 minus your age times 365. 80 minus your age times 365. That's the amount of days you have left on the earth. So to John's point, to my point, if you're not in your, in your passion, if you're not in your gift, when are you going to do that? Because you only have those many days left. And that's saying you live to be 80. What if it's 65 or 70, even less? So my theory is always go out and make it happen. Even though it's scary, it's fearful, it's frightening, Look what happens when you find your gift, a la John Lame, and what he's doing and impacting people all over the world with his gift and what we're doing here on Success Hackers. Would you agree, John? Uh, absolutely. And, and at the same time, Scott, as you lay that out there, I think the other thing that you'll find is there's always enough time to do the things that really matter. And I think we live in a world where – we always feel so busy and we always feel like we don't have enough time. But the reality is if you set clear priorities and you know why you're here and what you're supposed to do, then the important things rise to the top and there's always enough time to do it. So you almost have to do what you just described, which is you're running out of time, but you also have to know there's plenty of time to do the things that are most important. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. All right, John, we are now going to enter the randomness round. It's kind of like putting you on the Success Hackers version of the hot seat. So whatever is the first answer that comes to mind, just let it rip. Please have brevity with your answers. So, John Lame, are you ready for the randomness round? (laughs) I think so, Scott. (laughs) Best advice you've ever received? Um. At the end of the day, follow your heart. You just have to reach deep and figure out what it is that your heart's telling you to do and follow it. And uh, as long as you do that every day of your life, you'll have a great life. What's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind? Every morning I wake up and I remind myself that this is going to be a great day. And I've got plenty of time to do the top three things I have to get done today. 
you now own a time machine, John. I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again. What advice would your current self, knowing about life and business, give your 25-year-old self? For a long time, I was afraid to have conflict. And if I disagreed with people, I would just kind of sit quietly. Um, and when I talked earlier about fighting for my gift, um, I avoided doing that. And what I would tell you is it's okay to have conflict. In fact, if you really look at your gift and what's required to make it effective, you have to disagree with people and put your gift out there and let them push back. And the conflict actually helps define you and make you a lot more effective. Hmm. I love that. Wow. What's the one trait that you have that's contributed mostly to your success? Scott, I don't know where this one comes from, but I just have these strong intuitions and hunches. And I'm not saying they're right all the time, but they're frequently right. And it's how do you trust those when you get them? And how do you, without knowing that you're absolutely right, just keep advancing the ball and doing the best that you can every day? What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? I don't think I ever feel totally comfortable at any given time. I'm always feeling a little bit inadequate. And I guess on the other side of that, I do want to please other people. And I think in turn, that's what drives me. It's what brings the best out. Well, that that's good, but... I'll edit this out, but I was looking for more literally like, you know, I can juggle five balls. I can play ping pong. I'm a great singer. So, hold on. Let okay. Me, let, me, uh, let me rephrase the question. I got a great answer. All right. Good. good. All right. What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you? Uh, Scott, this is uh, maybe I'm back to my vulnerable moment, but um, one of the um, things I was really good at in college is I could chug a beer faster than anybody else. <laughs> so it's a bad thing to have a good reputation for, but back at that point in my life, I was really good at chugging a beer. See, Hacker Nation, what other podcast can you speak to a super successful business owner, CEO, Game changer, rainmaker, and then to have him tell us that he's the best beer chugger on his campus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. What's one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business, John? Uh, there's a book called Necessary Endings by Dr. Henry Cloud, and just a phenomenal book. Um, there's a, a model that you need to develop that allows you to um, – Reinvest in relationships and also let relationships go that just aren't working. And that book has been the Bible for me in terms of de defining when do I keep reinvesting in a relationship and when do I let it go. Real game changer. If you can recommend one social media tool or overall service that's helped you in your business to our Hacker Nation community, what would that be? Scott, I'm, I, I love to read, and so what I would tell you is having an iPad, having the ability to download a book and quickly dive into any subject matter whenever I want has been life-changing. I, I guess I get back to you know my rate of growth is directly a function of who I'm talking with and what I'm reading, and so uh, at least on the reading side, that's been a game-changer. John, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. This Thank has you, been, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> this has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for your time and sharing these incredible 
success strategies and hacks with our hacker nation. Where can our listeners find out? Where can our listeners find out more about you and your business? Well, uh, I, I am out on Facebook. Anybody that wants to know more about me can hit me on Facebook. Um, they can learn more about Lennox and what we're doing uh, at LennoxWealth.com. And can you repeat that last uh, URL? Yeah, it's uh, under LennoxWealth.com. Great. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to successhackers.net. That's the page, successhackers.net, for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with John, along with some other really cool brand new resources we have on the site. Oh, check this out. When you're on the site, don't forget to click subscribe. People are saying, Scott, I want to subscribe to your show. I want to stay you know, abreast of what's going on and, and all these new shows. The best way to do that is click subscribe when you go to successhackers.net. Before we end... Before we end the show today, I wanted to make you aware of something. Everyone has always asked me, Scott, is there a way uh, to generate more leads? And, uh, uh, you know, you coach these business owners, and one of the things that I coach on is how to generate more leads and consistency in their marketing and sales generation and sales performance, etc. Check this out. Go to IWantMoreLeads.net. IWantMoreLeads.net. And you'll have your hands on the three biggest lead gen mistakes most small business owners make and how to fix all of them. So go to IWantMoreLeads.net. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the, le- until the next show, go out and live with passion. Scott, 